Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 19 of Real Shift Happens. In this episode, we have a very special guest, and she's going to guide us on our five-minute focus shift. So stay tuned, because you don't want to miss it. Walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Oh man, this is such a special treat for you guys. Oh my goodness, wait. Our special guest is going to lead us on our five minute focus shift for this episode. Um, except it's a little longer than five minutes. No worries though, because you'll be beyond the focus shift for this guided meditation. And we're also going to talk about comedic yoga. So if you're not familiar with that, or if you want to know more about it, definitely stay tuned because we're going to get into that and so much more right now. Returning to the source is serenity. All right, so our very special guest joining us for this episode is she is a Pan-African holistic health therapist specializing in an integrated approach to mind-body-spirit work, and she's using yoga, massage, energy clearing, ritual, and plant medicine. Welcome, Aja. Hetepu uh, fam, peace to you. Infinite greetings, love, and joy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so, so grateful. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to this for a couple weeks, actually, now. Ah, I love it. (laughs) I mean, my heart is full. Um, Like I said to you before, this is a way for me to open more fully into my own voice and expression of the truth as it flows through me. So, so much gratitude to you. Beautiful. I love it. And we have a special, special surprise, right, Aja? You agreed to lead us on a meditation to start the discussion. Yes, yes. Um, Definitely need this centering in um, these chaotic times. Mm -hmm. Um, So wherever you are, if you're seated, um, come into an easy seated position. If you're in a chair, placing the soles of your feet onto the ground, placing your hands face down on your legs or on your knees, and then taking a deep inhale through your nose, deep, expansive inhale, feeling the bottom of your stomach and your abdomen, feeling it expanding out. And then slow and steady exhale. So now as you deepen that inhale, feel the area just beneath your navel center, expanding outward, reaching towards the infinite. Now draw that inhale up from that root center bringing it all the way into your heart, feeling your rib cage expand and open, both in the front and the back. Now deeply inhale. As you become aware of your breath's journey all the way from the bottom of your body, from your root center, into your abdomen, into your heart, into your throat, and see it as it begins to fill your head and your cranial space. 
Another deep inhale. As you observe the journey of your breath, energizing every cell that it meets in full expansion. With each exhale, allow your spine to elongate, creating space in between each vertebrae as the top, the crowning of your head reaches towards the sky. On your next exhale, allow your shoulders to relax down and back. Allow the sides of your neck to relax, your jaw and your tongue. On the next inhale, be aware of how that energy is moving from the tip of your tailbone all the way up through your body cavity into your throat, kissing your first eye, that intuitive space in between both eyes and in between your eyebrows. Each slow exhale, washing away any tension in your body, allowing you to feel deeply at home in your own skin. Deep and full inhale, bringing your energy all the way up, kissing your first eye, and this time allowing it to expand and explode out of the crown of your head. Feel your breath as a connection between the earth and the sky. Deep inhale, again, bringing your awareness up with your breath, Feeling as, as it grows out of the crown of your head, envisioning a beautiful blue lotus blossoming from the top of your head, reaching towards the sun. With each exhale, allow the solar energy of Ra to rain down on you illuminating the light that's dancing around your body and dancing in every cell. Continue this deep, long, connected breath. Allowing each exhale to melt away your physical body feeling your muscles as they lengthen and release. Feeling your skin as if it is translucent. Now I'd like for you to bring your awareness down beneath your tailbone and beneath your feet. From here with your breath and with your inner sight, connect deeply with the earth. Bringing your energy and your gaze all the way down. Feeling as it's penetrating the earth's surface and slowly sinking deeper through the crust, through each layer of earth, through the minerals that are awakening with the coming of spring, feeling your being warmed, comforted, and grounded. Keeping your energy here and your awareness Begin to envision your tailbone growing down, connecting with the ground, going deeper into the ground, growing like the roots of a tree. Feel how thick they are, the foundation that's connecting you, not with just the earth, but also with the roots of your culture and your traditions. Feel connected with the spinning of the earth on the axis. 
with the coming of each season. Feel your roots as they're going down, down, down. Until your roots and your breath are connecting with the earth's core. From here, feel them as they're expanding in every direction. Slowly growing your connection across the earth's surface, beyond the place that you're sitting, beyond any responsibilities that keep you feeling stuck. Feel the roots growing through any obstacle that's in its way as it reaches its tentacles all the way back. Back through time, back through your family line, across oceans, until they reach the great grandmother. Feel your connection with the source of humanity. Feel as your roots are intertwining and embracing the entire existence of this planet. You feel nurtured. Your roots are not just expanding across the collective, but they're embracing you. You're in your mother's womb, your grandmother's womb. As you begin to experience the roots of your tree wrapping fully around the earth so that they meet each other on the continent of Africa, allow those roots to intertwine with each other, fully connected. Now with your next inhale, draw energy up through these roots all the way into your tailbone. Feel it ride all the way up your spinal column. Feel it reach expansively through the crown of your head and explode. Now bring your awareness up through the top of your head. Feel the branches of your energy as they're growing up through the crown of your head, reaching towards the sky, reaching towards the future, reaching towards the stars. Deep inhale. Suspend your breath. Feel yourself floating on the cosmos. Slow exhale. Grounding the wisdom of the stars. Suspending your breath out. Deep inhale. Holding on to your breath. Slow exhale. Holding your breath out. Deep inhale. Suspending your breath. 
slow exhale as you draw down the wisdom of the stars. Holding your breath out. Enjoying this feeling of emptiness, knowing it is the pure potential that exists between now and your next deep inhale. Holding your breath, holding on to this feeling of fullness. With your breath expansive and your body relaxed, allow your energy to fly free. Deep inhale. And exhale. Continue this four-part breathing pattern. Deep inhale and pause, suspend the breath, slow exhale and pause, suspend the breath. Begin to find your own natural rhythm and know that this is how your individual spark of intelligence is harmonizing and communicating with the infinite intelligence. Feeling peaceful and at one. And now I invite you to take a collective inhale and exhale. And we'll do that one more time. And if you feel called after that, we'll begin with three rounds, chanting the resonance of life, Ankh. So deep inhale. And exhale. And then we'll inhale to begin. Um. When you're ready, you can slowly begin to open your eyes. But even though your eyes are open and you're aware of everything that is outside you, keep your inner awareness with that connection that was established between the past and the present and our future. Between the earth, your fire, your breath of air, in the sky.
That's beautiful. That's the most powerful meditation I've ever experienced. Ever. I love that, Aja. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know the the power of our of our ancestors that is that they left this very wisdom in our DNA, in our song, in the movement of our hips, in the way we wear our hair, in our voice, in our intuition, in our traditions. And they left it all to remind us how deep and vast and wide we truly are. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. Like I'm over here emotional. So, um, oh man, that was so powerful. Like I, oh, um, yeah, let's talk about it. What, how, how, how did you get into, um, the work that you're doing now? How did you, you know, start to be interested in yoga and, uh, the type of yoga and meditation and work that you're doing? Um, Wow, that answer is as long as my matrilineal line, you know, in my thumb. <laughs> I know, right? And I was just getting the vision of like a tooth with really long roots, you know? Mm. The teeth that the dentists like to pull out, but that like to stay there because they carry that old ancestral wisdom. Mm. Um, so for me, I, you know, had the, had the great honor of choosing a mother who was, um, you know, a self-proclaimed uh, free child as well as a militant uh, Black Panther. So mm-hmm. she really um, not only taught me a social consciousness and a connection with uh, Mother Africa, but also, um, you know, was doing yoga when I was in her womb, um, mm-hmm. you know, was teaching me um, in the way that she prepared food, um, in the way that she cared for me when I was sick, um, in the way that she spoke her truth. Um, and it's interesting because when we are in our mother's womb, well, when a woman is pregnant, um, if she's pregnant with a girl, that fetus, that female fetus already has, um, the eggs of her generations when she's four months old. So, Imagine what that means. That means that when I was in my mother's womb, I already held my daughter. Mm-hmm. And when we are in a womb-like space, we're able to connect with our generations back and back and back and back, right? Mm-hmm. So when my mother was in her mother's womb, at four months old, I was there as well. Mm. So a lot of times these traditions um, are not things that are learned. It's the process of unlearning our conditioning that allows us to awaken to what has been true for eons and eons. Mm. So for the practice, um, you know, of yoga is a practice of of right living, you know, mm-hmm. um, comedic yoga, those are in alignment with the principles of Ma'at. And so a lot of times when the West thinks of yoga, we think about physical, you know, stretching, flexibility, all of these mm-hmm. other things. Um, but that's not what yoga has ever been to me. It has been a spiritual and energetic practice whose goal is to stay in the balance of ma'at, to stay in truth, to be a harbinger and an example of divine justice, to stay harmonious 
regardless of what is pulling us externally or internally, to find balance in that harmony, to respect nature's order, to live um, in a, a proprietary way, in a righteous way. And part of that is understanding how connected we all are in order to give reciprocally. Beautiful. Yes, that's so powerful. So you um, you were born for this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, um, I mean, I'm sure you still had obstacles to overcome, but being that you had that such a nurturing, you know, mother who was so already awakened herself, like that's that's incredible, you know. We just don't, a lot of people just don't have that. Just, you know, we just, our parents are just people, you know, and they just, they're just going along with whatever they were taught. And um, so to have that type of background, wow, it's beautiful. I don't think I've ever met anybody with that type of background, honestly. Well, I don't know if I want to talk about my mama on this because she might want to listen to it. But um, <laughs> let me just say this, okay? She is someone who taught me how to heal others, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and she is someone who I think for a lot of us, I, I, I completely resonate with what you're saying because for a lot of us, our parents, I don't want to say drop the ball, but a lot of the previous generation was very um, concerned with social change, right? Mm-hmm. Um with, you know, either assimilating or, or creating some type of change on a more social level. So a lot of times that wisdom um, and, and consciously and imparting that wisdom in a very direct way mm-hmm. and traditions in a very direct way was skipped. You know, it might have skipped a generation or two. OK, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also, if you look back historically, so many of us have adopted um, Judeo-Christian values mm-hmm. that, you know, depending on how they were imparted, were very much in um, direct opposition to, um, to, uh, to, you know, African forms of spirituality. If anything, you know, we, we know that when we look back at Christianity, one of the things that it was used for was a tool of enslavement, because we know mm-hmm. when you enslave a people's spirituality, you don't have to do anything else, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, so yoga for me, you know, has always been, like I said, a spiritual practice, which is why I, you know, for a lot of times struggled in maintaining a practice within a group or within an organization because so many um, yoga studios are more focused on um, the physical mm-hmm. um, you find one that is spiritually inclined it was always rooted in um in uh indian you know spiritual sciences Mm -hmm. so i really got into my own personal practice um around 2003 when i did a training with beautiful beautiful radiant perusha hickson and he Mm -hmm. he is such a beautiful soul so he is actually still in southern california you know, one of his um, purposes is to spread um, yoga to to our people, you know, to African mm. that are here in the United States. And um, he trained with uh, Swami uh, Teresan Kitanandana, who is Alice Coltrane. And so that lineage is so strong. Um, and the form of yoga that he teaches is called Iyengar. Mm. So it really appealed to me about the practice was its precision, um, its focus on alignment of the physical body. But once that body was aligned to the openings, to the, to the release of your mind and the openings of the energetic body that happens after that. Mm. So, you know, a lot of times when you go to a yoga class, it's like, you know, an hour, hour, 15 minutes, turn and burn. And I always know the quality of a yoga class class by how long the instructor keeps you in that last position shavasana corpse pose we call it mummy pose or sahu Mm -hmm. because really the goal one of the goals of twisting your body into all of these different positions 
is to prep the body um, to receive knowledge that was being blocked because the physical body was so tight with trauma. So Mm. in other words, the whole goal of those physical postures of sweating, of twisting, of, you know, flexing and releasing was to prep the body for meditation. So Mm. if I go to a yoga class and it's all about, you know, how many, um, you know, sun salutations you can do before you drop. And then at the very end, we have, you know, 30 seconds of, um, you know, a restive posture. Well, then that's not in balance. That's not in the balance of ma'at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there needs to be both, a, you know, an active principle and a restive principle. And that's why one of the foundational pieces of um, Kemetic Yoga as taught by Yasir Rahotep is that um, four-part breath where there is an active principle as well as a restive one. And that's mm-hmm. the rest of the universe. You know, we've mm-hmm. been taught to go, go, go. We've been taught to constantly have a need to be progressing, usually in a linear motion, usually in a chronological motion, so mm-hmm. that we never give ourselves rest. But rest itself is a spiritual process. And we all know if we're not giving our body and our spirit enough rest, then that's when we are leaving ourselves open for illness, for disease, for attack, you know, those are the times when we, um, you know, when we fall out of balance or in a forced, you know, rest. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful point too, especially with everything that's going on now with the, uh, you know, coronavirus or whatever. I mean, it seems crazy, but um, it has a lot to do with, I think, just like, um, the world and our, you know, just like how we feel about ourselves almost. It's so weird. I mean, well, fear has always been a tactic of war and it's always been one that the system has employed in order to keep what I think people who are in tune with their own internal processes, um, we understand that there is a spiritual internal revolution that's going on and -hmm. people are waking up. And so, of course, you know, the system is going to respond in every type of um, tactic it can to subdue that internal revolution that's going on. Mm, That is so well said. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's so, so powerful. Um, um, also, what about, though, just comedic yoga? Like, I know that a lot of people have not heard of comedic yoga, and I personally have, you know, I've heard of it a few years ago and looked into it on my own, and I've been wanting to kind of speak to someone about it and just get more information and also just, like, bring it out to other people to let people know kind of, like, you know, they're the alternative maybe to um, I don't know, or is it in conjunction with traditional Indian yoga? What, how do you how do you place it? Um, so for me, I, you know, like I said, I had been practicing, um, you know, for years, but really a serious practice of what what, you know, people call yoga since 2003. And right around, I think, 2015 or so, I almost, you know, gave up my practice altogether. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, It was because I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, am I going to learn Sanskrit? Am I going to, um, you know, convert uh, to Hinduism or Shaktiism? Because I really wanted to go deeper and commit, you know, to a system or a tradition. Mm -hmm. And kind of that spoke to me, you know, because it wasn't speaking my language. Right. Mm. So what then, you know, spirit um, put into my life was Kemetic Yoga and the, I guess the differences, I mean, people have been twisting their bodies um, into different positions in order to, you know, release energy and in order to get um, the physiological benefits that moving your body gets you, right? Mm-hmm. However, when I started to say, I was, you know, I was always that precocious child in school who was like, but why? Well, why? <laughs> <laughs> How? Why? When? So when I kept asking that question in terms of my yoga practice, you know, all roads led back to Africa. And mm. this leads specifically back um, to Kemt. 
So um, a lot of people don't even understand that what we know as modern day Egypt um, was was and was Nubian, you know, and we like to disassociate that region of the world and consider it to be um, part of the Middle East or Arabic. And it's because, you know, in the last dynasties, they were Arab invaders, Aryan invaders that came in that now kind of color our historic view of the entire region. Um, But what Medic Yoga does is it takes this practice all the way back um, to, you know, our ancestors that were pre-dynastic, you know, um, at the very start of the civilization. So um, a lot of our postures are, um, you know, are similar to Indian yoga because we're the grandmothers, you know. (laughs) So, um, So they are similar to Indian yoga. Um, However, there is a body and a collection of postures that's taken directly off of the temple walls that represent um, what was left to us um, as the postures of the interu or the necheru. Um, And what that uh, loosely translates is, is the forces of nature. So part of what we do when we embody a posture like goddess pose, where we are in the exact same um, position as Ma'at, for example, or as Aset, who some people know as Isis. When we are in that same position that our ancestors thought was so important to keep on temple walls that are still standing, you know, Mm -hmm. thousands thousands and thousands of years later, um, then you begin to uh, feel a direct connection with those energies and with that wisdom so it's kind of like if you take um a plug like a a, an electric cord and you plug it into the wall and it's like Mm. so for me um when I was at a place when I was just like I don't you know I've reached the threshold then that's exactly when the next layer presented itself And that layer was to take it all the way back to, you know, our roots Um, and to find out if 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 civilization, if humanity began in Africa, then where was this spiritual science, um, you know, there? And so uh, that's that's how I came to to comedic yoga. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that it's, it's definitely um, a practice that needs to be um, shared more and just spread more through the community. I think it would be very beneficial. And I definitely can't wait to come to your class soon, for sure. Um, yeah, but I also, you know, there was another point that I wanted to bring up, actually, that you mentioned on your profile Um on the Black Yoga Magic website, which is about um, kind of like helping people navigate through the dark night of the soul. And um, I that was kind of one of the questions I put on there, but I didn't put it in that way, but kind of wanted to pose to you because that's actually something that I personally struggle, have struggled, you know, kind of, not even struggled, I wouldn't say, but just have been through more, maybe even more than once through the years. And um, I think it's just a, something that a lot of um, people don't touch on and don't really want to talk talk about when it comes to like the practicing um, and healing, you know, practicing yoga, practicing meditation and just going through the healing process. Um, is that is that something you can touch on and just tell us a little bit about and what it really means? Mm, yes. So, like, I feel like new age spiritual science, as well as a capitalist work ethic, has us thinking that, you know, in order to get to some form of balance, of some form of release, or of some form of ascension, that it is a straight climb upward, right? Mm. You put in the work, you put in the effort, and you'll continually be getting better and better and better and better. Um, And on top of that, those things that happen to you that might be challenges or you might deem as negative, 
there at some level understood as your fault because it might be your karma or you attracted that to you or whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the so-called dark night of the soul, um, I also like to think of as the, as the duat is represented by those moments when you are at a level of personal or spiritual development where you are going to be tested. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about, it's almost like the nighttime of, you know, your life, right? You do all this work, you know, and I'm not saying that you should not be disciplined and organized and, you know, intellectual about your healing process or about your personal evolutionary process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what happens during the light of day, right? So that is what happens with, um, you know, your right brain. However, we've been taught to rely on that. And so what happens when it comes to our personal night, we get scared, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get scared and we resist those very things that are happening um, that are actually revealing not only the effects of the work that we've done in the light, but also um, our greatest gifts, okay? Mm -hmm. So when we are in what's like a dark night of the soul, what happens is we begin to meet some of our most potent allies, often in the form of quote-unquote enemies, okay? Mm. Um, And I'm just talking in like physical form I'm also talking in the experiences and the challenges that will be put in our way it's kind of similar to what I was saying before where um you know the social system right um is is in tune almost more than we are sometimes with our own internal awakening and so Mm -hmm. it responds you know with um in what is considered to be negative. So same thing, when you are doing spiritual work and you're beginning to see um, movement, you're beginning to see breakthroughs, a lot of times what life does is it presents you with a great amount of challenges that that oftentimes seem insurmountable, right? Mm. I mean, they'll just come one after the other, after the other, after the other, mm-hmm. after the other. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, is it's teaching you um, to number one, expand your, th- sorry, um, oh, is expand our threshold, right? Mm. So example, in that breath pattern that I was teaching you, mm-hmm. that active part, the deep inhale and the deep exhale, that can be considered the active part, the sun, the time when, you know, you're glorious, you're like, yeah, you know, opportunities are coming to you, you're meeting, you know, like-minded souls, you're, you're meeting mentors, all of these beautiful things are happening to you, that suspension of the breath, that pause, that rest of time, when you can't, when you feel like you can't hold your breath any longer, that's like the dark night of the soul. Mm. So what happens here is you are being tested. How well did you learn those lessons? That's why in a yoga class, the pose of Sahu, that resting pose, is so important. It allows integration. Mm. And what happens when you're in that dark night of the soul, right? You are being attacked from all sides, all different ways, on all different levels, so that you can demonstrate, not just to the universe, but usually the universe already knows, right? Your ancestors already know because they gave you that gift. They gave you that that looks like a curse, right? They gave it to you. Usually that time is for us to step into our own power, to step into our own confidence and to understand our own capacity to not only heal ourselves, but to heal those around us and to heal the world. And that Mm -hmm. is the part, that is the forgetfulness that happens when you don't give yourself um, time to rest, when you don't give yourself um, time to experience the dark and when you don't embrace those as life lessons, you know, and the lessons that they have, you know, and we've been taught that, you know, it's all love and light. Right, mm, right, right, exactly. And that's why and that's we deny our dark mother. That's why yeah. we deny the feminine. The feminine mm-hmm. is negative. She's receptive, you mm. know, 
Um, so that's why we deny all of those different parts of ourselves. And when they come up, we push them back down. We push them back down. One of the primary things that comes up whenever you do shadow work um, or in people's relationships is their relationship with their mother, that mother mm. wound. You know, mm. um, that's that's part of shadow work. Like, how are you replicating the traumas of your mother, the traumas of the generations? Those are going to come up in your life. I don't care who you are. But mm. if you're not aware of them, if you haven't gotten those stories or if you haven't just simply tuned in to the patterns that are going on in your life, then you're denying um, your dark side. Right. Um, and there are so many different stories that tell us what happens, you know, when we deny our dark. And at this point, at this juncture in society, it's very important that we integrate, like, that we, number one, recognize those things and integrate them. And in African spiritual science, the dark is not demonized. Right. The negative is not demonized. Challenges are not demonized. That's why there's no like devil. So mm. all of our honored positions that really are our greatest teachers. Wow. That is so powerful. I love that. I love that. Um, because you know, it's, it's just life too. I mean, just in general, life is just not all, you know, roses. It's, <laughs> you know, and I found through my practice, especially through like meditation, um, things come up, you know, like from my childhood things, you know, that maybe I kind of blocked out, um, and, and they're right there in my face, you know? So it's, yeah, I, I definitely feel that, but I, I, I think that for a long time I ran from that darkness and it, you know, it catches up to you, but then also I decided to not to just stop running, you know? So, yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Just another note, um, you know, in comedic science, um, there are the seven, um, the seven principles, right? They're ancient laws of Kemet. They mm. include mentalism. So using the mind as a vehicle to connect with the all that is. The law of correspondence, as above, so below, as within, so without. The principle of vibration. This is all what science has been catching up to, right? Mm -hmm. The principle of gender, that of rhythm, and that of cause and effect. But the last one is also the principle of polarity. Mm. So when you think about polarity as in opposition to one another, then we begin to place judgment on the negative versus the positive because we see that relationship as versus. We see it as oppositional, right? Mm. But if we think about maybe magnets, for example, those two things are attracted to each other and really, they exist um, in the same, like, energetic resonance because they are, like, opposite sides of the same spectrum. So what I mean by that is, like, if you think of a number line, for example, and you have zero in the middle, and you have, you know, negative five on the left side and positive five on the other side, it's still the same distance away from zero it's just on opposite sides. Well, we've been so taught that we want to be on this positive side, that this is the good side. When really, if you think about energy and if you think about experiences, that negative has at least the same amount of impact on us as the positive. Mm -hmm. And even physiologically, our body responds to and, and experiences great moments of joy um, in in the same intensity as a great moment of sadness, you know, mm. that's why people cry when they're ecstatic and they cry when they're sad, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just we have been conditioned to believe and we have accepted that belief that mm -hmm. one and not the other. And that's why we remain in a state of imbalance and in a state of um, cyclical toxic patterns. Right. The other part of that is that in terms of growth, I don't believe that growth is a straight line. Also, I don't believe that growth is 
a circle, is a straight cycle, you know? That's the beauty of African and specifically comedic science. And we have that symbolized in the um, the image of the Ankh. And mm. the Ankh, you know, is a symbol that looks like a cross, but at the very top, it has almost like a teardrop pattern on the top because it recognizes the synthesis of that duality, the, the masculine, the feminine, the earth, the sky, the different directions all coming into one. And that is the way that we find harmon harmonious balance. It's not, you know, um, shifting from left to right or saying this is right and that is wrong. It's understanding that all of those things can exist at the same time. And that's just what is, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, this practice is so deep. I mean, it has just brought me so many, um, so many different openings, understandings that once you begin to practice that will come to you organically and it will begin mm. to its own way. And I agree with you that, you know, if you haven't broken down crying, uh, you know, and balled up like a little baby um, on your yoga mat, then you're, right. you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I, but also, it's like one of those things that like they don't talk about. It's like, like you said, it's like always the light come, the light, the light, the light, you know, <laughs> and it's like the light show. OK, we get it. But what there's another side to this. There has to be. But um, I love that. And the integration of it, you know, is so important. And I think it's just like something that needs to be like said more and more and talked about more and more because it's, it's just important. And I, I mean, I want to learn more about comedic yoga and the science for sure. Um, I think that I've tapped on a little bit of it just from reading up on like, um, usually just on my own, but I would love to have more of a directed study. Um, maybe soon I don't know <laughs> but we'll see um um I, I wanted to ask you too then going to kind of along with that though how would one kind of get more information and get more into comedic yoga and comedic science all you need to do is tap into your own genius you know I mean we've been taught to be spoon-fed but really um we are genius you know mm -hmm. we are we have all of that knowledge within ourselves already, you know, and the thing for me that drew me to comedic science is all of my life realizations that I had spent decades and decades researching, experiencing, asking, um, you know, all of it was already there for me. It was already mm. answered, laid out, you know, in, in. Uh, both and it can get as you know simple or as complex as you want to make it um mm -hmm. like the four you know four people that have come before us mm -hmm. um the work of Wayne B Chandler is amazing um Renoko Rashidi um Shechem or Shechem you know what I think a lot of times when you type in like to Google or whatever like Egyptian you know knowledge if you mm -hmm. put the word comedic that is specifically African, okay? So that might be a way to go about it. Mm -hmm. um, there's Caress Unity Center that is in LA. Um, one of my uh, mentor teachers uh, who um, is a transmitter of um, Raseki, which is like comedic mm -hmm. Reiki, is Kajara uh, Niyad Nepet. And um, you can look up Raseki is another really good place. Um, you know, Kinafua, um, and she comes out to L.A., uh, you know, on a regular basis. Um, let me see. Also, um, uh, that's all that's coming to me right now. Sorry. Oh, that's, no, that's that's great. No, we can definitely, you know, to make sure that we look up comedic yoga, I think is definitely a good point, too, as opposed to, like, Egyptian yoga to get um, what we're looking for here, right? Yeah. 
That's important. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to hold you too long, Aja. And even maybe later, like on another episode, you can come back and we can talk about more. But um, where would anyone find you online or in person? Um, How do we get to one of your workshops or classes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am just wrapping up a Dream Journey workshop that's being held in Claremont. Um, I have um, a, a sanctified space for healing in Upland, California, and all of my services, you can um, reach out to me and connect with me. Even if you just are, you know, have questions or your story has resonated with anything that I've said or my own um, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm under Souljourner, S-O-U-L-J-O-U-R-N-E-R, um, and then Bodywork. So I would love um, to connect with other people this year. One of the things that I am, you know, um, woman manifesting is, um, you know, some co-creations and, you know, sometimes I have a tendency to be be a bit of a hermit. So this year, one of my, um, you know, one of my challenges to myself is not only to express my message verbally, but to also be more part of a community and to co-create with others. Definitely. Me too. I feel exactly the same, which is why I wanted to reach out to you. And I'm so happy I did um, because I definitely want to learn more. And I just, I don't know, I feel like we um, instantly kind of clicked and we have a lot in common. And so um, I definitely hope that we can spend more time together. Well, actual in real lifetime. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, anyway, I is radiant. I mean, it resonates throughout the phone. It resonates, um, you know, deeply. So I just, uh-huh. you know, am so grateful for you. And I hope that you trust that spirit is leading you um, in the way that is most beneficial to you and a way that will challenge you and a way that's going to awaken you even further into your calling. Um, shows like this are so important and just getting our voices heard, um, yeah. and, you know, in the cacophony that is, is, is society is just such a rare um, gift. So thank you. Mm, no, thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And yeah, so that's it. And we will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye, Aja. Bye. Peace to you. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Amazing words. Um, and so so well-spoken. I love it. I love speaking with Aja and I'm definitely going to be attending um, any workshop or class of hers that I can in the near future. I can't wait actually. Um, I'm definitely, I don't live in the same city. She probably, probably about an hour or so away, not that far. So I definitely am going to make it out there. So anyway, until next time, guys, what do we do? We have to create a shift in our own consciousness. And after that, we'll help the collective. I think Aja mentioned that too. And that's the goal. So you guys, don't forget support. If you can support our podcast at anchor.fm slash real shift happens and subscribe to Real Shift Happens Wellness Podcasts on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also drop us a line on the Anchor FM app or the website. And, um, hmm. oh, join our book club. Definitely go to the website, go to realshifthappens.live and you can sign up there and get more information there so if you love audiobooks definitely definitely uh be a part of this book club because we have some powerful books and if you like listening to them on audio you can um go to audible.com slash real shift happens actually it's audible trial dot com slash real shift happens and you get that 
you actually get two audiobooks, okay? And then you get the first 30 days for free. So you can get the book for March, which is going to be The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Or, and or, you can get last month's book, which was Infinite Self, 33 Steps to Reclaiming Your Inner Inner Power by Stuart Wilde. Or you can choose whatever book you want. So definitely check that out. Audibletrial.com slash real shift happens. And until next episode, real shifters go within and make real shift happen. Peace. Thank you.